Hello and welcome back to the Petrine Studio. Welcome to Lower Than Nets Podcast. I'm Blake Baggert, the parish catechist at St. Peter. I'm Sister Fia Marie, a worth catechist hoping to share our formation and personal insights in order to help you recognize and respond to the Lord, to his invitation to lower the nets at his word, and so receive the abundance of his gifts. Sister, I'm very disappointed that the World Cup is over. I <laughs> spent the last month ex- watching and exposing my daughter Jacinta to the beautiful game over the many mornings that we stayed together. Talking about athletics, I'm really interested, and I think some of our listeners would be too, what sports do the sisters enjoy for recreation? Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, in the summer, there's usually a few good games of softball that go on. We have quite a few sisters that played softball. Volleyball is pretty common. Um, we're blessed to have a gym on our attached with our mother house, so some volleyball. Every once in a while, basketball. We've got some pretty extreme pitch players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think volleyball, basketball, and softball are kind of the main ones that okay. we enjoy. So. Very good. So not the beautiful game. No, not true not Americans, as often, right no, there. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to at least mention the World Cup because as I was watching, I texted my dad. I said, if the national anthem battle is an indication of how this game is going to go, Argentina is going to win by a lot. Uh, and it was an amazing game if you watched it. This brief banter about the national anthems and about the World Cup final and sports is an opportunity for us to enter into the next parts of the Mass as we conclude the Liturgy of the Word and begin to enter into the liturgy of the Eucharist through the offertory rite. And we get the creed every single Sunday. uh, And it's important, and we could spend a whole series of podcasts talking about its history. But just for us to understand that the Shema was the first creedal statement of our faith. So this is the statement that's given to the Hebrews by Moses as their own national anthem as they are ready to ratify and renew the covenant with God as the people prepared to enter into the promised land. And so I say the Shema, and you might be like, what is that even? But you know it when you hear it. And so it goes as this from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So this Shema, that statement, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, was what set Israel apart from the nations. So they were not called to be a nation, one among many others, but the one nation that would lead all the peoples back to God our Father. And it's the same creed that Jesus would have known and said and lived by. And so we even see that when he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? Mm -hmm. And he responds, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And so it's what set them apart. And when Jesus comes as the full revelation of God, we know that the creed kind of becomes fuller in its expression. So as we begin, as we hear from the liturgy of the word, 
and get ready to transition into the Liturgy of the Eucharist. We have the Creed as a bridge for us. The Catechism states we do not believe in formulas, but in those realities they express, which faith allows us to touch. The believer's act of faith does not terminate in the propositions, but in the realities which they express. So as we come off of the Liturgy of the Word, we've already heard what God has done in history. And we say, Lord, we believe. We want you to do this for us now. Come be with us. Come, let us live with you. And so the creed becomes a bridge between the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. And then ultimately for us, as we talk about the creed and when we recite it in this bridge point, when we don't just believe in the propositions that we're talking about and we actually live them out, then it's a bridge between living a life unfulfilled and then a life that is sure and fulfilling where we find our ultimate happiness and joy. And so as we come off the liturgy of the word, we enter into this bridge that prepares us into deeper union with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That idea of what we express this every time at Mass, Yes, you know, we say we believe in these things, but to also transition into into our lives and how we live. I've been reading some Roman history with my second graders, and, I mean, there's just some things that are odd <laughs> um, to us as far as, like, like, how they got control and just, like, the violence it took and all of these things. And um, I one of the children just this week was like, did they know about the one true God? I was like, yeah, no, they did it. And you can tell by the way they act. Like what they saw as a hero is different than what we see as heroic and virtuous. Um, although some things, you know, were very good, some things weren't. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, so they didn't know those. You know, they didn't know mm -hmm. about God's law. and they didn't, Or they didn't know the creed. So it does, it sets us apart if we really live it. People should be able to look at us and say... Yes, you know, you live differently. Okay, this is sort of continuing that idea of being a bridge. So the creed is a bridge. Um, I think, or the intercessions are also kind of a, t a type of bridge here. Because, um, well, actually, as I was getting ready, I was like, yeah, what about the intercessions? What are those about? And so I went and looked up in the front of the Roman Missal, there's like an explanation of the Mass. And this is the paragraph it had about the intercessions. It said, In the universal prayer, or the prayer of the faithful, the people respond in some sense to the Word of God, which they have received in faith, and exercising the office of their baptismal priesthood, offer prayers to God for the salvation of all. It is desirable that there usually be some form of prayer in masses celebrated with the people so that the petitions may be offered for the Holy Church, for those who govern with authority over us, for those weighed down by various needs, for all of humanity, for the salvation of the whole world. So we're at the Mass where the priest's special role is really highlighted because he's there standing in the place of Jesus offering the sacrifice for us. This is a moment where it kind of bridges us with the priest 
and reminding us that we also have a priesthood by our baptism. It's not the ordained uh, priesthood, like the priest at the front of the church, but we have a priesthood. The, the, the point of a priesthood is to, to bring worship to God. We, the faithful in the pews, truly get to places and bring Jesus to places the priest cannot go. He cannot go to all the places that we are. And it's our role as baptized Catholics to be a priest there, um, to bring praise and worship of God there. So at the intercessions, you know, we're, we're play, praying for the whole world, the whole church, their specific, kind of specific um, preferred like order to go in. But as all of those are coming, that's a really beautiful time that we can call to mind the places that we go in our week and we're offering like those people with the sacrifice of the Mass. We're, we're offering them so that they too, even though they're not here, even though they may not be Catholic, they can be part of this worship and praise of the Father. And so in this way, we exercise our priesthood. Like We, we are priests and we're bringing all of creation to worship God. Um, that's maybe one of the most powerful things we can do for those people that we know that are away from the faith or who, are, or who haven't heard, you know, of the faith, that um, we can, I don't know if the right word is like gain, we can truly benefit them with so many graces by offering them in our role as a, the priesthood that comes with baptism. We can bring all of creation into that worship of God, especially those people, you know, that might be on our hearts here at the intercessions. Yeah, every Mass... Um, we have the opportunity to bring our own personal intentions. And so normally on a Sunday, we're given a prompt for uh, our personal intentions, which we hold silently or in the silence of our hearts. Uh, might offer, we could express them publicly if you really wanted to, but um, if everyone had an opportunity, I don't think many people would be like, they'd be looking at their time, their watch, like <laughs> yeah. it's time to go. So often we just do that, but maybe we actually should do that as a community. Mm -hmm. um, there's no reason why... Um, we don't, but at least to call to mind that we have a, an ability to bring our intentions to the Mass, as Sister was just saying. And so this prompt is just a reminder for us as we're entering into a covenant with God, this personal participation, coming off the creed, saying, Lord, I believe, and I want to live by this way of life. And we want you to do great things for us. Just really quick, I was just thinking with intercessions um and like yeah yeah we could say them out loud that might be a really helpful thing to do in your family you know like on the way to mass of okay what are our intercessions what are who are the people we're bringing to mass so maybe you could offer some um petitions in the car before you get to mass it might be a way to do that and, and also kind of prep your heart for the mass yeah and then now we're ready to offer our very selves to him which as we enter into, as we depart from the liturgy of the word and we enter into the liturgy of the Eucharist, we do so by the offertory rite. And sister, um, you had some beautiful thoughts about the preparation of the gifts. Yeah. Okay, so yes, the offertory and the preparation of the gifts is the start of the liturgy of the Eucharist. So intercessions and the intercessions and creed still fall under liturgy of the word this is the official start of like the sacrifice of the mass 
something that was really striking me was like here again here is something that's simple and small like it just looks so simple and small someone's walking down the aisle with some bread and wine um but really how how large it is like its symbolism and what it really is is showing um i remember reading a reflection like of someone that was like thinking about the offertory gifts and they were kind of like going through how are these produced like yeah the you think of the wine or the grape or i mean the grape or the wheat it's like it's planted in the earth the sun has to shine on it so there's like all of the galaxy you know like the sun shining on it and it having the time of darkness is all part of it growing the earth so all like the water the nutrients in the soil so all of the earth taking part in this being produced um, the time needs to happen so just like time is involved in this being and this coming for us to take up at the offertory um, you know animals have their part depending on you know if they're part of the harvest or part of the um, fertilizing or whatever um, us too like our hands are part of that work someone planting the seed harvesting it grinding it up you know squeezing it and then you know we get to more modern things like the truck the trucks that drive it and you know all of those things so that now we have this gift we can bring up and i just remember that being really striking of like yeah it's just bread and wine but really all of those all the things that go into that being produced are all being taken up too during this offertory procession we're really, we're offering, you know, this little small symbol, but we're offering up the whole earth, our whole selves, our work, all that we do is being offered up by those little symbols of the bread and the wine. Um, it's really beautiful. I had a professor that was um, Malkite, right? So one of the Eastern rites of the church. And they had, because they use leavened bread, it was a little bit more doable maybe, I don't know, but they... Uh, they actually, a family, they would take turns. The family would make the bread for the mass. And I just also thought that was like, yeah, that really kind of encompasses that this is representing us when we bring it up. It's mm -hmm. not just like, oh, there's the bread and wine. Um, it, it symbolizes something much bigger. Was this kind of meditation for me of just this kind of circle of giving and receiving. That here we are offering this bread and wine but we would never have it if God wouldn't have given us the the hands to be able to work with the grain and the wine. If he wouldn't have given us the earth and the sun, we would never have these things that we can offer him. And isn't that just like our whole life? Like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to give you this time of prayer. I wouldn't have life if you didn't give it to me. So it's just like this constant circle where he receives our gifts. He really does. Like he receives what we do as a gift. But then like we realize he's receiving it as a gift and we're like but wait no you gave me the gift it's almost kind of like this like really beautiful argument with god where he's like thanks for the gift and we're like but you gave me the gift he's like yeah but it's a gift for me and we're like no but you gave me everything um i just like this circle starts to happen of like obviously god came first so all gifts are for him from him um but he delights in receiving our gifts and to just kind of be caught up in that circle of delight of giving gifts um we're coming off when you listen to this podcast of a great time of giving gifts. Um, yeah, so just an invitation during the offertory to be caught up in that circle of delight, that he delights in the gift we're bringing of the bread and the wine and of our hearts, of our work, of our time. 
Um, he delights in those gifts to bring that you bring to the Mass. Um, and then when we realize He's delighting in them, it's a time for us to be like, but you've given me everything. And we can just like delight right back in the gifts He's giving. Yeah, and sometimes it can be hard, too, mm -hmm. to give up. Um, whether it's, you know, you felt like you've worked hard for this or things are tough. Um, but just a humble reminder, too, as we reflect on how good our Father is in giving us all these gifts. Like, when we give Him a gift, He actually multiplies it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we won't see it immediately, but just this recognition that it is. Everything He has given us is a gift. And, like, when we give back to Him, when we offer His gifts back, He's able to do even more with it. And so I know at times it's been hard in my life to give back, whether it's every single day, Lord, I don't want to do this because I know it's going to be a cross. Mm. But just to recognize and us for all to grow in that trust of yeah, give it back to him. He's, he's going to multiply it and do greater things than we could do with yeah. hoarding it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, because even this like podcast, I feel like we're transitioning a bit from thing to thing because it's very like it's definitely like a transitioning part of the mass. Um, so maybe this can be like a little bit of a wrap up of like all of his like purpose of this work that's happening and getting our hearts and minds ready for the rest of the mass. I think this like little action, this little gesture at the mass, really unveils like why, why the mass, why giving our effort to the Mass? Um, why does the church work so hard to like get our minds and hearts ready? Um, so there's a part in the Mass, it's called the mingling, right? It happens in the midst of why Father's preparing the gifts. Um, so watch for it if you haven't noticed it before. But when Father prepares the chalice, he pours in like a good amount of wine, in, like a larger amount of wine, but then just like a drop of, of water, they try to just get a drop the wine really represents God, represents the Lord, like giving all, giving everything. Um, I like it when he pours in the whole cruet. It doesn't always happen, but, you know, because it's just like, it just like expresses that symbolism even more, that he gives so much to us. So there's God and his sweetness and his goodness. And then there's just this little tiny drop of water. Um, when I take the kids in the atrium, it's like, what do you think the drop of water is for? And it's, it's for us. Uh, the prayer is something like, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the, the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. And that is like the purpose of the Mass, that we come together with God, like so much so that we can't be separated. Can you take that drop of water out of the wine? You know, never. That's how close God wants to be to us. That's how much we want to be transformed into Jesus. And that's his work at the Mass, which is just amazing. That as we're at Mass, he's working. He transforms that bread and wine into himself. But remember, it also represents us. You know, he's working to change us into himself. Um, so maybe that's like a little like sneak peek into the rest of the Mass of this is his work. Yes, he gives himself to us. He doesn't stop there, though. He wants to make us into him. He's so good and he's so faithful. Yeah. Amen. So we'll end just with the lower than that challenge for you to take a look at that mingling, right? Pay attention to that next. And then 
Also, just to call to mind those intentions, um, as Sister suggested earlier, in addition to the other preps that we've said, hey, prepare for Sunday Mass this way, um, whether it's looking at the readings beforehand, but um, call to mind a particular intention at each Mass and offer it for that intention. And like you like, like said, he'll, he'll multiply the blessings. Yeah. Amen. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean, and at our parish website, St. Peter Lincoln. God bless you.